Get ready. That's how, that's how, <laughs> that's how the sausage is made. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dual Screens Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen Fontana, and with me, as always, he's my brethren from another mether, and he's Andy Asimakis. How are you, buddy? Dreams are coming true today, bro. Dreams? Folks, I have to apologize off the bat. The I have something of dreams. in my eye, and it is going to be a distraction today. So, as much as I am normally a distraction on this show, Andy, I am. you're going to magnify it by five, because this feels like something is trying to leave my eyeball so i do apologize it's like it's begging to be removed from my face but i digress sounds like a really good movie setup right there oh no i don't like oh i ever see the eye it was like an eye transplant and it was like a haunted eye of course it was of course it was a human isn't that isn't that also the premise of of child's play three no, Child's Play 3, as a matter of fact, I'm glad you mentioned Child's Play 3. That is, um, ever see Get Out? Yeah. You've seen Get Out, right? Yeah. That's just a modern day Child's Play 3. I mean. I, sh- I shit you not. But wasn't it, it the eyeball it that up. survived, though? Nah. He yeah, it was. His was... face. His whole face got cut off in that movie. But No, well, but, I, but you're, you, hold on a second. His eyeball, can't... or is it Child's Play 4? Or whatever, because there there was the eyeball is what survived. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us this week is Tony Grayson, developer of Anton Blast, an explosive ode to handheld platformers of yesteryear, blown up and refined for the modern era. What is up, Tony? Welcome to the show. Hey, well, I've just found myself on uh, some podcasts, and I'm trying to figure out what uh, what I'm meant to say here. But uh, overall, I'm having a good time. Oh, well, this is good. Well, in case you didn't know and our listeners didn't know, this is the Dual Screens Podcast, the Internet's number oh. one indie developer interview podcast hosted by people you've never heard of, probably. The show huh. posts each and every Friday for your listening pleasure on your podcast service of choice, including our home, Podbean, really wherever you could find podcasts, and of course on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TV. See, now you know. Okay, well, I feel slightly more informed about where I yes. am. Yes. So, uh, but you just say to... yes to shit. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> click, on the, click on the Zoom uh, links. Join random uh, ass calls. <laughs> yeah, but more or less. I mean, it, honestly, in the past three weeks, that has basically mm. been what's been going on. You know, because I, I can't, I can't, I can't afford to pay any more attention than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, things you things you can afford to pay for are are your is your fucking game. First and ah. foremost. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. So I think that's mm. a good jumping off point. Your yep. Kickstarter is ablaze. Ablaze. It's on fire. Yeah, yeah. I. That's not something that any of us really expected uh, to be able to say this early on, especially. Mm. But um, yeah, no, you're right. It, it 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 has been going incredibly well. I think we funded fully through our, like initial goal within. I think it was under 72 hours. Mm. So yeah, that was really crazy. And I think then we had the stretch goal on top of that. And then we're inching toward the next one. I think last I checked, we were close to 119 K. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm just trying to kind of pretend that that number isn't rising. So I don't have to remember, Oh shit. I actually have to make this game now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it, it has been intensely humbling. We, we, we don't, take all the credit for everything that happened in the last like four days from when we plugged your Kickstarter on our brand new podcast, Indies Nuts Podcast posted that records live on twitch.tv slash dual screen streams. But I am going to take credit for it as well. So about I would say about nineteen thousand dollars worth. 
at the, least the credit least is all yours yeah absolutely thank you um so for for our listeners who have no idea what the hell we're talking about what your game is and all that fun stuff why don't you do the elevator pitch and then we'll get down into the nitty-gritty okay well so for starters i'm going to issue all references to older other games here just because the bread and butter of any game pitches you gotta assume that People who are listening in or whoever you're pitching to don't know what the fuck your game is or any other game, right? Sure. And that's been my experience pitching to publishers. So Anton Blast is an explosive platformer uh, featuring exploration, bombs, and intense runbacks. And it stars a little red man named Anton, uh, who we call a destruction worker. A very real job, by the oh, way. I like that, yeah. <laughs> and basically, the gist of the game is your prize spirit collection boops, has been stolen by the devil himself now as anyone who's had that happen to them can attest that fucking sucks yeah that's really no, bad you, you don't that want is, that to happen so what happens to little anton well he turns mad bad crazy and as anton you've got to smash crash and blast through nine and potentially even 12 different giant worlds as you march all the way down to hell itself to blow up satan's digs and uh yeah that's the game and it's not just a traditional platformer i think uh and i mean i'm sure a lot of your audience probably played a little game called wario land 4 mm. but Delicious. In, in a typical platformer you know you'll start you'll go from a to b and once you get to b you move on to the next stage not so here see anton being a destruction worker his job is to blow the hell out of every stage he enters so once you get to the end of each stage and you collect your lost spirit you set off a detonator and you have to run back before everything blows anton doesn't really like to deal with the consequences of his actions of course who does you know being blown up kind of sucks let's be real mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah that's the gist of the game and then you know you've got like all your nice fancy stuff there's exploration uh, it's more like a metroidvania than say a typical mario type progression where you're just like a to b you know there's a to b and then c and d and e and f and g so uh you know all that jazz and i can get into every other little detail that we've crammed into the game of course but uh you know the destructive platforming and the runbacks that's that's kind of like the bread and butter from now going into hell to retrieve your booze see if this was the plot for dante's inferno i would have read a lot more as a child <laughs> or, or cared about literature way more but where I, I i i gotta find out where that plot came from the idea of your pro something that satan can't have this spirit collection that is too good how did this whole idea where did where did it come from so it's a very special it's not really your idea. typical <laughs> it, it's not really your typical indie game story or really like your typical game story i think it's um because i think in any good story you know you'll want to have a sort of extrinsic motivator right hmm. you know because i think typically in a game like your intrinsic motivator is just hey this is fun to play you know and in anton blast we have that the movement is really good the destruction feels good but as far as an extrinsic motivator goes you know every other game or 
particularly platformers fall victims of this trope but you know you have platform ah sorry uh you know you have your damsel in distress your princess mm. that needs to get saved or you know in the case of let's say like wario land you know wario just goes because he wants to steal treasure from somewhere right you know and i think for me uh, to start with the concept of a character who kind of doesn't really do anything he doesn't he's not a, a guy that's necessarily greedy or he has like a girlfriend that he needs to save or anything like that shit just kind of happens to him and you know as far as like as far back as like anton ball you know shit just kind of happened to him like the story there was he just fell down a manhole because he wasn't watching where he was going and you know he had to deal with that and <clears throat> Obviously, in Anton Blast, the stakes are a bit higher. Uh, you're fighting the devil himself. But um, I guess we had wanted Anton to fight the devil for a long time, um, years. In fact, I guess I guess it was just something. It didn't really come from any specific insp inspiration. We didn't think like, oh, you know, we want to do it this way because that's how it wasn't like a, again, I don't know, like a Mario game or something like that. Right. You know, it was more just like, well, that sounds funny. But, and it's kind of badass in a way you're fighting the devil so you know the devil is typically portrayed as being this really you know the embodiment of all evil mm. right and that's cool and that's obviously you know i i've had christian girlfriends i mean i i you know i i understand like and i grew up you know i was raised uh religious but um obviously you know that is kind of like the typical representation of the devil but for me the idea of the devil being this character that was extremely petty like really <laughs> really petty and just had like the absolute dumbest motivation and really like his whole shtick is you know at the beginning of the game he looks into his magic mirror he's in our version of the devil has like this grand castle uh, he's got his magic mirror that he speaks to and he wants to know you know who is the reddest of them all and he's got this fascination with being just the reddest thing alive oh my god this is so alive. good and <laughs> you know he's got like these spray tan you know routines so vain i love it yeah no just like <laughs> this extreme vanity and yeah you know, our uh, the voice for him uh, gianni mastragano he 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 does like these whole like he rolls his r's and he's got this very posh thing about him <laughs> i can't even do the voice it's just so ridiculous but um at the beginning of the game he looks into his magic mirror and he finds out to his dismay he is not the reddest thing of them all so right. he throws the hissy fit of course you know he's Whoops! um and he orders his legions of moles and kiwis and hell spawn to find what anton loves the most and take it from him and he, it turns out that what he loves the most is his collection of booze um which because we're kind of aiming at a lower rating you know it's kind of like teen rated we're not gonna like you know that's where the sort of like double entendre spirits comes in right because as you collect the spirits, you know, they've got like these wings on them and, you know, they're kind of like, they're spirits. Yeah, uh, I was like, what the fuck is this like floating familiar thing with a mustache? And like, what what is this it, thing? It kind of looks like Anton, right? Yeah, I'm like, what are you? It's like, it's like alive, it has eyeballs. I'm trying yeah. to figure out what it is in the game. Yeah, so like, it's, yeah. it's shit that you've never really seen before. Yeah. But, um, so <laughs> Satan eventually comes to believe that, uh, the spirits are the source of his power right 
Mm. So, he well, hold, hold on, hold on. His power or his red? But that's how he gets red. Because well, he because drinks... he believes red it... is power. Okay. All right. Uh... So okay, I got gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you. You know, and it's yeah. You know, and it's so so much of the game ends up playing into that for that same reason. You know, and this was actually kind of based on like a personal story of mine. But uh, you know, when you pick up beats in the game, you know they're. It, that's just because hey these are like really red plants you know these are really red uh, vegetables and you know for my part like i used to drink just like beet juice every day like just like four raw grounded beets every day it's really, good your, really good for your heart actually um <laughs> it, he was in the middle of a uh office marathon well uh, it was also yeah. also also you know i was just I also do Anton's voice, so I, I was really inspired by this movie. You might have heard of it, Morbius. Never heard of it. Oh, oh wait, um, oh wait. You mean it's Morbin time? Oh, yeah, don't do it. <laughs> it's blasting time. Um, <laughs> but I was really inspired by Jared Leto's method acting. Um, mm, so I I just drank four raw beats every day, and then I would send pipe bombs to uh, my neighbors, um, right? To really to really get into Anton's uh, you know mentality. That was a joke, by the way. You know, don't put me on a watch that, list. Yeah, that was that was a. Oh. Uh, I think being on the show put you on a watch list. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, hey, yeah. listen, I, I'd rather the metaphorical pipe bombs than the uh, actual real life condoms that he used to give. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like we're, we're not going to get into that part of the job, but Ugh. um, mm. but uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, but, that yeah that is a very fun setup for a very fun looking game and i i want to just pivot to like the gameplay portion i think because the gameplay while it feels very familiar yeah like one of my first games ever on game boy was mario land Super Mario land 3 oh. one of the best games ever made oh hands absolutely. down actually hands down actually oh you now, got props you, you, you show and tell uh-oh there we go. Fantastic oh, video game. What a great cover art, too. Right? Oh. Look at that. Look at look how fancy this so is. So good. Yeah, just it's so nice. And then for some reason, some of the ones after that, they didn't quite reach that, you know. But anyway. Uh, right. But you you take that classic gameplay, that platforming style, but you sort of evolve it. Like you have a double jump, but it's not really a double jump. Yeah. So Walk us through the design of the gameplay loop, how Anton moves, how all these things factor in, what makes him so goddamn special and fun <laughs> to play with. Well, that's a that's a really interesting question. And I think um, to answer that appropriately, uh, you need to kind of go back to the first game that he appeared in, which was Anton mm. Ball, right? Mm. And Anton Ball didn't really have a super conventional dev cycle. Um, it was basically this remake of a game jam game that I had done in straight up three days and that game jam was like two weeks by the way i just found found out about it too late but i really wanted mm -hmm. to be a part of it for some reason it worked out though that that game jam game became popular in its own right which led to the remake happening mm -hmm. but the thing is i was at the time whilst all this was going on we were working on another game which was like a beat-em-up style we posted about it on twitter a few times before and now it's kind of become like a meme it's kind of become like our duke nukem forever or whatever <laughs> but um it was like a sort of battletoads type successor you know you had these like big furry barra uh barn animals right like a donkey and a chicken and into that yeah no it's it's, it's super cool just it, it's it's what we internally we call an nft a non-fundable title but um <laughs> 
But uh, <laughs> oh um, but anyway, I like, I like that. <laughs> so we were working on that at the time, and I pitched that to a number of different publishers. Uh, Devolver Digital was one of them, hmm. and at the same time, because Anton Ball actually had developed a sort of mimetic following behind it, I had started working on a remake with one of our artists, um, which was like in the vein of like, if you ever played like Super Mario Advance on the GBA and like mm -hmm. those sort of SNES ports that they did, right. they had also the Mario Bros arcade remake in there, which uh, was kind of like the definitive way of playing that game. So my logic with approaching that was like, well, you know, let me do something like that. And I was doing it for fun, you know, just kind of like, oh, I'll throw it up on itch and whatever. And someone from Devolver had reached out to me a bit after uh, our Battletoads game. And they said like, hey, you know, I've got money and I'll publish your game myself. And I said, okay, well, I'm glad you want to publish our Battletoads game. And said, oh no, I mean, I mean Anton Ball. So- <laughs> Not that bullshit, the other one. <laughs> yeah, right. So- the reason why I'm going into this story is because what happened with Anton Ball was like that character had existed for many years and I wanted to make a game like Anton Blast for several years, but the beat em up game put that on ice. Hmm. So uh, when I put Anton, which at the time he was just called Red Guy, he didn't have the Anton name, but because it was a Game Boy game originally, he couldn't be Red Guy, just black and white. But anyway, so when Anton was put into Anton Ball, the moves, there wasn't really like a lot of thought into the move set because that was just kind of like a pet project. It wasn't like, okay, let me go into this with like my Miyamoto brain. I'm gonna go into this was just like, oh, I like this game and like, hey, I like DK94. I'm gonna give him like a backflip and, you know, oh, I kind of like, uh, let me see if I can recontextualize like the shoulder barge from Warrior Land, you know, stuff like that. So that game, also was designed in such a way where it felt like an arcade game and people bitched a lot, rightfully so, but people moaned a lot about um, how that felt in the hand because I think Anton Ball got really overexposed. It became relatively quite popular for what it was when I didn't expect it to. Um, so, you know, it's like if NES Pinball just became like popular, it's like that game sucks, but <laughs> so, when going back to Anton Blast and uh, it was sort of revisiting like an old project, like a lot of the notes that I had for the design of this game, for the premise of this game dated back to 2017 or earlier. So people had come up to us and said, wow, it'd be really cool if Summit Sphere made like a Wario Land type game because Anton, especially at the time, like with like his old art, whatever, because again, like I didn't really have a lot of hand in how the character was presented at that time. It was just kind of like, again, unconventional death cycle. Um, he looked very much like a warrior style character. He had like the overalls, he had like the cross teeth and whatever, because that was deliberate. And so it was kind of serendipitous in a way that people were like, oh, it would be cool if these guys did like a warrior type thing. And we got featured in all these videos. But because Anton Blast was being approached in terms of, uh, well, this is an actual professional release and we want this to be a successful release and something that stands up on its own two feet. Uh, for me, artistically, I'm not really interested in creating something that is like Wario Land 4, you know? I, I love Wario Land 4. Like, again, like I, you know, I have all the Wario Land games. Wario Land 4 especially, it was like a very formative one for me. Um, but, you know, that game already exists. Right, so yeah. 
with the approach of Anton Blast and kind of approaching it again as as a designer and not as a fanboy, the idea with that was kind of like, okay, well, there's this initial base of like the sort of Wario style platforming. So what is that? For me, what that kind of means is uh, if you compare like a Mario course, that is kind of like very linear, A to B, and that's it. But most Wario games, even the first one, which was quite evocative of Mario especially, and that was just very informed by Mario design, um, that it, it's really about the exploration, you know, not so much the fast movement or, you know, the athletics or really anything like that or getting to the end. It's more like I need to go and find treasure. I need to steal stuff. I need to, uh, you know, there's, there's kind of like a more cerebral aspect to it, which also calls to mind like a lot of Super Metroid as an example, you know, that is sort of more, uh, I guess like that, that exploration aspect. So that was kind of like the starting point. Like, what do I as a designer like about those games? So what do we as a team like about those games? Um, the, the sad answer to the latter question is that a lot of the team doesn't like those games. Um, my my oh, oh the irony in that yeah you know that's which is kind of the funny thing because yeah I'll, I'll see people go like oh man you know these guys nicked all this from Warrior Land Four by the way I haven't played Warrior Land Four in thirteen years um, so the, I don't really remember what it's like but this must have been what it was like and it's just funny because like my co lead designer straight up gets to like the Mystic Lake and he's like oh I'm, I'm gonna go back to playing Hollow Knight you know. <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. all good i like that but the I, thing the thing of it is that i don't i don't see a lot of wario land 4 when playing it. like i get i get the the foundation and like the it's in the dna of the character and the movement but like yeah the play style feels completely different yeah there's more brute force in the way anton moves from platform to platform and that's a great that's yeah. a great point actually it's a very salient point mm. so you have that sort of uh i guess that foundation again like okay right here you have warrior land 4 now i could in theory like we did lots of prototypes when we kind of had this task in mind of doing like an adventure platformer starring anton so we did a lot of prototypes one of the first ones that we did was basically warrior land 4 uh, same move sets very similar sprites um, just again, you want to try everything, but the thing, the problem with that for me was it didn't have like a strong vision because if you can just take that and then you can just boom. Okay. I just edited warrior land four sprites in here and you've got warrior land, I guess, depending on which ones you like, you know, warrior yeah. land seven. Okay. <laughs> um, that to me, does that's not interesting. Like I've seen other developers take swings at like paper Mario like thousand year door two or whatever. And like, this is not a knock at them because any game takes a lot of hard work to make, particularly a good one, you know, and these spiritual successors tend to be great. Those are, but, they're, they're also, I don't mean to interrupt, but they're also no, like difficult in their own way because you're trying to satisfy something that already exists. Like you're trying exactly. to uh, satisfy a, a, a vision that already exists that wasn't yours. Um, exactly. Whereas you're and that's you, hard. You're taking like you're taking more of a Frankenstein's monster approach. Like you know what a human is supposed to look like, and yeah. you're using human parts, but you're creating a monster. 
and exactly you know and and your and your monster just happens to kick a lot of ass and isn't afraid of fire <laughs> and and <laughs> and is red for some yeah, reason yeah and it's super but, um, red <laughs> but um no and that that's 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 really the interesting thing because again like i could do warrior land 7 and i think that i myself i I'm probably the biggest Warriorland fan you'll ever meet. You know, I've got like a virtual boy that sits right here on my desk. Okay. I'm probably the only person that you can speak. Mine, mine's back here behind okay. me. Hi, on my right. shelf. High, high five. Mine, mine's <laughs> back there about 12 miles in the dump. <laughs> Very. To be fair, I think most people would say that's where it belongs. But anyway, so like I, I think if that were my task to make a Warriorland 7, I think I could do a great one. But that wasn't, that's not interesting to me unless Nintendo comes to me and says, here's the keys. You know, mm-hmm. um, for me, it was more like, what is the unique value proposition? I don't want to make it where you can just drop Wario in and then it makes perfect sense. No, right. no dice. That's just not me. That's not Summit Sphere. So I looked at Anton as a character who, again, you know, Anton is my baby, but I didn't, in Anton Ball, especially, like I didn't really have a lot of, uh, like, he, he kind of went through everyone's hands. You know, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's that's a problem with that game, especially. You can see who drew him where and everything. Um, but for me, I looked back before anything else, and I thought, okay, if I look at this character, what does he mean to me? What does he evoke? And what I thought was, well, he's red. He's really spiky everywhere. You know, he's he looks loud. <laughs> so that looks like someone who's really pissed off about something and just punched a hole in their wall. Okay. And from there, it was like, well, he kind of has like this working man vibe about him. I think maybe we can stand to make some changes to him to kind of make him more interesting and lean into that. So then you think, well, what's kind of like a destructive job? Well, demolitions. And then that's where stuff like, okay, he's got like a little construction helmet on and, you know, all that, and which, you know, he tells more of a story visually. And so from there, that started informing the gameplay. Because now, compared to like any other Wario Land game, or really almost any platformer I can name, Anton Blast is just like everything breaks. Everything mm-hmm. that can break will break. Yep. So that became sort of like the unique value proposition in itself, and that also lent itself really well to evolving that Wario Land format. Because you're not really like destroying things in like a linear way. You know there are on the low end of the scale you can have like puzzles like right at the beginning of the level i think there's like this girder that you can kind of screw up for yourself because using the hammer jump you can just like boom bounce up there and get to like another uh, secret but most players because they're used to like the wanton destruction they're just going to like bust right through the bottom foundation there and screw themselves out of the puzzle so you can do stuff like that but then on the other end of the spectrum you know you've got like these big detonators that you have to find and blow up to progress and you know all that stuff lends itself really well to that sort of exploration platforming that i always felt was very unique to waria um and really all the only other stuff that kind of satisfies that itch for me is that like sort of metroidvania deal you know because again those are sort of exploration platformers and then the final component to that for me was like how do you manifest that from a move set perspective because you've got kind of like your foundation in terms of what you want to iterate on and then you have sort of like your idea in terms of how you want to characterize that and what will you know how that will lead but then you have the actual manifestation of that so destructive platformers are a surprisingly hard thing to come by um the first thing i looked at was 
a game called Broforce. Mm, um, yeah, excellent fucking game. Fucking great game, yeah. right? Like Broforce. really phenomenal. And I played that for a bit, but my problem with it was that it was great, but it wasn't really compatible with what I had in mind because that was a very much an A to B platformer. Like you had like the end uh, place that you had to get and everything broke. Like everything was destructible, which is cool, really cool, but it didn't work here because you need to have like a path to explore through to funnel the player through. And lastly, you know, I didn't picture Anton as having a gun, at least not primarily. You know, we ended up giving him like this big ass hammer, but, uh, you know, it was all about ranged weapons, mostly and grenades and guns and all that, which just wasn't really compatible with what we were trying to do. So then I started looking around. I had to dig really deep and I ended up looking into this game called Tembo, the badass elephant. Oh my God. Which yeah, is like that really of familiar. all the games, of all the games <laughs> to like invoke Tembo, yeah. as a yeah. reference point. Yeah. Right. Like, whoa. And anytime I say that to people, they're like, what? But what even is that? And they're like, you know, Game Freak makes games that aren't Pokemon. Yeah, and they typically, do. Typically. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, they do. Uh, um, <laughs> and like, I'm not going to say that game isn't good. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's got a seven out of 10 across the board. Okay. Right. I do remember this game. Um, so does Anton Ball Deluxe. And I think, mm. as the kids say, that is what we call mid. Um, oh, but <laughs> but I, I, I have a lot of six and seven out of tens that I love. But anyway, so I played Same Tempo. <laughs> and the interesting thing with that for me was that actually it was a very boring game for me. I felt that it just didn't really have like a really satisfying gameplay loop, even though they threw a lot of mechanics at you. But there were two things that stuck out to me. Number one, they definitely played Wario Land because the whole shtick with that, like your move is just like this charge, right? And I thought that was really interesting because it was kind of like this exploration platformer where you're just kind of like charging through everything. You're an elephant, so maybe it's not so apparent, but like my designer brain was going off like, oh, okay, I know where this comes from. And then... The other thing, which was a lot more relevant to me, was they had actually done some pretty interesting stuff from the destruction point, where you would break through crates and then like stuff would kind of teeter over and you would have wrecking balls that you could push around. And like this was something that was very secondary. Like it was just kind of, they just thought you can tell, like they just sat around the room or like, oh, what other stuff can we put into a level? But I thought, well, for me, this is kind of interesting information because this is what I'm trying to make like my main mechanic here. Mm. So that actually informed a lot of the gameplay, which I think, I again, like as a designer, I think people tend to mostly be informed by really great games. Um, you know, I can count, I, I'm sorry, I can't even begin to count how many designers have been like, I am inspired by Super Mario World and Super Metroid, and that's really great. But what's even better is looking at games that had good ideas, but didn't maybe stick the landing. Because then you can sort of take lessons from that and sort of ideate and iterate upon that. So Tembo was actually really helpful there. And I had looked into that and I kind of used that as a little bit of a template as far as like, how can I make that interesting? Um, and then I actually looked a lot at a few different games as far as the moveset goes. So there was Celeste was one of them. 
um that's that, that's a good game you could feel yeah. you could see that i was too. i was gonna say like <laughs> yeah because like celeste celeste just has this thing about it where like you know i it's funny because anton blast feels a lot like that but it also feels very much like a gut reaction to the twitch platformer as a genre mm-hmm. yeah because it's kind of like it's Anton's- the it's an imprecise platformer yeah it's like an yeah. imprecise platformer yeah. and so like you're kind of fighting anton a little bit because he's like this wrecking ball himself but celeste was a big inspiration for me in the sense that it has this like butter feeling you know everything is buttery. Yeah. you always if you make a mistake you don't feel like it's the game's fault it's your fault and that was really important so i i did a lot of studying in terms of how they handled their input methods their buffering and that was just flawless so good they're they are masters of their craft and then from there obviously you had like wario land um, was a big inspiration in terms of you know like the charge kind of like how can you contextualize that because i always thought the wario land games kind of controlled bad um if you go back to play wario land 4 these days it's like wario stops on a dime and then if you look at like anton he's almost like a little slippery you know uh so you know, even like the charge isn't really that fast. So I actually went and played Virtual Boy Wario Land. That, and, that is a game that if you have a Virtual Boy, you need to own that game. Yeah. And that game, because I had played all the other ones growing up, but Virtual Boy Wario Land was one that I had missed. And I had actually been, I was actually made aware of it by uh, Jules watching. Oh my uh, God, Mutant Muds. Yes. Because he, you know, I'd read some interviews with him. I was like, and he was like, man, you know, I stole from that game a lot. And fun, fun fact, Tony. Yeah. He he did a game called I think it was called ATV Wild Ride. Yeah. If you can find a DS box for that game, there is a quote on the back of that box that belongs to me. No way. When I reviewed it a lifetime ago. That is so cool. <laughs> when I was your age. <laughs> uh god that is so cool that is so cool yeah that no, guy I, is so chill great jules guy. is jules is yeah. awesome no he's yeah. been he's super nice so just just amazing amazing guy he taught me a lot of lessons for sure but jules really did, kind of brought... did he teach you how to go jump in the background and jump no, back to the foreground because no, i was no. like i've seen this shit somewhere before it was funny because he kind of <laughs> i had actually become aware of that game when he was talking about how he had pitched a virtual boy wario land mm remaster to nintendo and they just kind of ghosted him you know because like i think it was just a matter of like well you know we can do that ourselves probably uh or but also you know we, we can do that ourselves them. poorly and charge you 30 dollars for it you know no I, I love my nintendo friends so i won't say anything about them <laughs> but um, your, your friends aren't making those kinds of decisions they are not that's true they are not but um still so I had seen that he had done that and that kind of like, like, oh, I'd never played this one before. I'd heard of it. Like, I remember I grew up on like, you know, like early internet, so to speak. And like, I would see people write about Virtual Boy Warrior Land, but I didn't even know what a Virtual Boy was. Oh my God, Andy. He said um, that he was around for the early internet. Early internet. We, we were, yeah. we were raised by the early internet. Yes. Son. Yes. Yes. We, we were coming, we were coming of age when the early internet was going <laughs> around. Stop saying these like kids who are like half our age. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You, you know, the way you guys are feeling right now, that's why I feel looking at it, like our discord server where like these, you have these kids in there that are like 12, 13, 14. And I'm like, my God, you know, you, you shouldn't even be alive. 
um, but um, yeah, no, I, I heard about this, but I never really like played it. And then I had obtained a mm. copy of the game. Yes, yes, yes. And, and played it. And I was like, holy hell, this thing is fast. Like, wow. You know, like you play Warland 4 and everyone talks about how fast that game is. And I thought like, you know, it kind of had, it kind of forces you to go fast in a way, but it's kind of like within its own rules. Virtual Boy Warrior Land is fast. It's got like an actual run button. And like, if you charge, you're just like, oh, you're jumping all over the place. And I was like, you know, there are other people who have done like the warrior type thing. And they kind of iterated particularly on like Warrior Land 4, especially. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, well, I want to do like fast, crazy gameplay because that leans into the sort of anger. I could recontextualize the clutch or I call it clutch. Anton's whole deal is like clutch and bash, but I could recontextualize that charge and make it where it's sort of like a speed element. And then from there, just like the way my designer brain works is like, well, I don't like to just have like one action and then that's it. I like to sort of branch out from like the one action. So you kind of have like a tree that comes out of there. So then you start looking at stuff like, well, Anton's got this big ass hammer. What can you do with that? And I played Sonic Adventure and there's like that stupid hammer jump move that Amy Rose used to do. And I'm like, why didn't anyone make a game out of that? That's cool. <laughs> so then you, you, you start to see like where this, all this stuff kind of Frankenstein's in. Yeah, all the pieces are coming into place. So what you end up with, and this is like an extremely long-winded answer, but it just kind of... This was the first question of the show, by the way. The thing is, you know, it's... it's Join us turn. next I'll... week when we ask him a second question. <laughs> okay, okay. The, this is the biggest can of worms. I'll say that. But um, We love getting deep, though. This is like some really good shit. Like, this is like game I, design. Like, I, this, I, is, I this is good... <laughs> good shit well I, for me it's just kind of like people are like oh they took this from warrior land 4 it's like dude like there's so much more thought that goes into this than like whoop, warrior land it really isn't that that's <laughs> that's the thing for me that's you know? that's kinda... that's way too reductive um yeah you know you, you, like i was saying earlier like you really frankenstein the shit together and uh, you know you have this bull in a china shop on roller skates that is that is can blow up anything and yep. who is super pissed but you also have some really clever level design you have you have an in, an interesting and clever world for this character and the player to explore it's not just about the explosions and seeing how much you can break you know like there there are some games that that's all it's about it's like a destruction derby type situation and you get oh yeah i collected gold because i destroyed this building or whatever but th this you're using it as a puzzle element you're using it as a way to as a means to solve uh different problems and i think that that's that's important in, in good game design um you can't just do things just to do them otherwise they are shallow otherwise they are just the game that somebody is going to say i could do this better and then they exactly. you know make they take a little element of yours um like this big ass ele elephant game um <laughs> no it's it's interesting i don't subscribe to the idea of playing playing a game the right way no in in playing this demo i felt bad not just wrecking every little thing around me yeah and there's a joy you get from that just that visceral like action but then you unlock like a little hidden path like right in the beginning is a little 
right beneath Anton's feet, there's a secret. Yep. Right straight on. The game just began. There's a secret right there. So that it's encouraging the destruction feeds into the exploration, into the secrets. It's, it's all this satisfying loop and it's it's its own thing. Like, yep. yes, you pull from different uh, mechanics and characters and designs, but Anton wholly has his own feel and design and it's fucking great dude (laughs) well thank you so much it also like the exploration lets the player be creative too like while while the systems are there and they're made to be explored the player feels like they are discovering this by um just trying just exploring and be or i keep using the word exploring but i I mean experimenting just being like what happens if i break this what happens if i smash this oh look a thing is here or like uh oh totally destroyed that platform can't go up there now um but i'll reset and i'll do this level later and see what's up there and like or like figure out a way to to get up there later is that an up there we don't know it's like a you know you take the linearity of of a mario level where it's a big big long rectangle Mm-hmm. And what you've done is kind of created this giant cube as opposed to the, and there's really no, like you, there's a bunch of different rectangles all over the place and you can kind yeah. of just go and just figure it out. Like, Oh, look, there's a rectangle that goes four squares below you. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You figured it out. Um, I could see w- one of the things that, that I don't particularly at least when I, when I was your age, um, I don't, I don't mean to sound reductive like that, but like there was a time where I looked at the, at games like this, at these indie games and these 2d games as they're too short. I'm going to go in, I'm going to beat the game. It's not worth 20 bucks, whatever. Yeah. Because I was a college kid or I was just out of college. I had no money, whatever. Um, replay value was like really, really important to me. And mm-hmm. this game's, you know, screams replay value. Cause it is yeah. about just seeing what you can do and seeing what you missed and you know just getting to the end isn't 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 the goal as as much as it as it um is ingrained in our dna to to think yeah 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 no absolutely that's it's it's a it's really a point because i think everything in the design it's like my i can't take credit for all of the level design uh a lot of the level design in that demo is actually uh my coley designer but uh, that point about the vinyl at the beginning of the level that actually was one of mine. That there, entire that entire first <laughs> that entire first gauntlet is mine, and so it was kind of designed to be like you can speed through this if you're really good. But then yeah, it's like also- a speedrunner's wet dream. I feel because I was I was playing it and getting better. I was doing like a no hit run. Yeah, I was like I feel like powerful and fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a lot of that. But um, the point uh about sort of exploration and the replay values again really salient because my prompt to the team was okay you know how like in a platformer you know you have like bottomless pits you know like in mario or crash bandicoot or whatever you know that's as sort of ingrained in our mind to you know to think like we fall down we die you know that's a good rule in life of course but um look before you leap exactly uh, but in Anton Blast, that's not the case. Everywhere goes somewhere. So like, you know, you will, if you fall down a pit, that's going to take you somewhere. And so the idea is to kind of 
I like to call it like a minivania almost where like you kind of just, you can go anywhere and everywhere and the levels are just massive. And, you know, if you want to just go and break stuff and build up your combo or your score, you can do that. But there's also like that element of like, if you are a little more uh, cerebral in your approach and you think before you break, then there's going to be stuff to find from that. And to kind of cap it off nicely, you know, in terms of replay value, you know, in the demo, you know, that's kind of like, that's a very, very, very small portion of what like a typical level might look like. You know, the way that we're kind of looking at it is a little bit more like a, again, like Metroid Dread was like one of the examples that we cited, but kind of like more like a Metroid Biome or like a Banjo-Kazooie level where it's like this sort of big open world with a sort of defined linear path but then, you know, the idea is to kind of have other paths. You might have another timer with another spirit. Um, so, you know, you might have two paths. You might have like a death route like Crash Bandicoot had. So, you know, there, our idea is we're not going to have a lot of levels, you know, not a lot of themes, but rather there is going to be like a lot to them. Mm, Just right. because I think like so many games now, you know, they're kind of like caught up on, okay, we have like a hundred levels, but like, if you look at those hundred levels, there's like four worlds, like four themes between them. Right. And, you know, to me, there's not a lot to that because then it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's it, to me that I don't, that doesn't make for good memories. You know, I right. can pick out, I can pick out. Oh yeah. You, you remember, did, what'd you think of level 47? Oh, yeah. was that the one with the spinning blades? No, no, no. Well, the yeah, spinning it, had, fire blades. it had Got spinning it. blades, <laughs> but it, this was like the sixth level that had the spinning blades, but this is the one that put, it's like, yeah, it, like one of the, yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. And mm. you know, the, your demo, what I think the, it does a really good job of is it, it really does lead the consumer like let's face it you're you're you have this demo out there to get people interested in the game mm -hmm. like you don't Absolutely. have the demo out there just so people can play and go oh yeah that was cool exactly. um no we have you're, you're trying to sell a game yeah you're trying to sell a game so what it does a really good job of is it shows you have a clear vision of what you want this to be and what you're capable of making it uh Thanks, making man. it do and that that i can't believe that more developers don't go into their demos with that purpose some developers are just like here's the first level and the first level is a tutorial like this wasn't yep. fun like all you did was teach me how to play the game and then the demo's over like cool yep. great thanks for that um some of them were just like a late level a late game boss fight or like a mid-game boss fight where you don't understand how you learned any of the things you learned um like vertical slice and demo are two different things, and I feel like they're being inter interchanged uh, way too often. Absolutely. Um, and you know, you you guys do a good job, and I think that that speaks to your Kickstarter success. I mean, you know, yes, it has a ton of personality. Your page is beautifully written. It's got it 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 just pops off the page. Um, you know, we had a guest on recently that has. Um, had a failed Kickstarter because very little effort went into making it stand out. Like it was, yeah. and they learned a very hard lesson. And now that they're going into, uh, you know, a second Kickstarter campaign in the summer where they learned a lot and they're going to really up their game and they're going to show what they can do because we mm. know that they can do it. Um, you know, they, their, their products can speak for themselves, but like you guys did a really good job at, at catching eyeballs and, and representing, 
your your product. Um, thank you, really you so did. much, man. No, thank you so much, man. I mean, in the case of our Kickstarter, you know, there was it's, there's two components to that. We actually had that demo ready to go for the most part because we were using that to demo to 30 publishers. And I've been doing this, I say I've been doing this for a, a long time, you know, but it's, it's not a long time, of course. Your adult but I, life. My adult, I've been doing this my entire adult life, I'll there say that. Um, and having done that and having had the opportunity to be in front of, I guess maybe compared to some of my contemporaries, having had the opportunity to be in front of a few more publishers and having had the opportunity to do I guess more, uh, we've done a lot of third party pitches, you know, like licensed IP pitches. And I think that's very much like a trial by fire, right? Mm -hmm. Versus I think if you start off and like your first thing is here's my Kickstarter and then you've never done anything before, then, you know, it's a little bit more of like, you're going in blind. So the way that this demo was created, like our intention was never to do a Kickstarter to start with. Uh, we were pitching to publishers begrudgingly because I really kind of don't have a good relationship with the publisher model as far as indies go but because it was designed with that in mind the idea from the start was here's our challenge cram in the tutorial make that tutorial fun and then actually show off a slice of what the game is going to play like try to get in as many elements of what that core loop is going to be right and as you said you know that's something that a lot of developers miss out on because they will just kind of pick apart from the existing game or they will just kind of, as you said, build a tutorial. Um, I think Vertebreaker was a really good example of that, where it was just like a tutorial and then a boss, and then there was really nothing more to it. Um, and that's why that campaign failed. I mean, besides the fact that they had the balls to ask for an actual, you know, the actual amount of money they needed. Um, Which was how much again? Do you remember what that? What it was that... like three hundred thousand dollars. Which Ooh. I mean. You know, that sounds like a lot of money, but the reality is like when we were pitching for Anton Blast to be made um, on a publisher's dime, you know, that was about how much money we were asking for. Mm -hmm. And the important thing to keep in mind with that is at that time we were looking at like 20 worlds and, you know, like it was like a pretty massive game compared to, you know, when we decided to go to Kickstarter and we looked at, like we looked at Shovel Knight as sort of like the gold standard. If you can aspire right. to be like anything, be like Shovel Knight. You know, Yacht Club is, you know, phenomenal. And they asked for 75K and they said, here's what we're going to make for that. And so we thought, well, we're going to ask for 75K. Let's look at what kind of game we can make for that. And that's, you know, the initial pitch that we made for there, Anton Blast, which was the Nine Worlds. There's also, there's a psychological game that you're playing there too, because mm -hmm. as a consumer that, that um, I mean, I'm on Kickstarter all the time and my wife will be like, what the hell is this? Did you back another thing on Kickstarter? I'm like, oh yeah, my bad. <laughs> um, it's, I don't want to back something that I know has an unattainable goal. Like I'll wait yeah. and be like, well, let's see if it gets close. Cause I just don't, I just, it, for whatever reason, it's, it's hard for me. It's almost like when you're saving for something that you really want and you're like, okay, this TV is $3,000. I really want this $3,000 TV, but you're saving $5 at a time. And then you're like, well, I have $500. I could get this $500 TV now. Yep. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do that. Like that's what happens. Like it's never going to happen. Yeah. It just, it just feels like it's unattainable. So like, I just don't, you know, it, it's yeah. a weird psychological game. Um, exactly. And yep. you know, you, when you set the bar realistic, at least realistic in 
the terms of a consumer's viewpoint um mm-hmm. nobody has a clue how much these games cost to make oh, like nobody yeah. knows like oh, yeah. your average consumer has no clue um for sure we're a little bit more cued into this world as we've done yeah. like almost 300 of these interviews and like we get it there are yeah. people whose life savings go into this they mortgage houses they they mm-hmm. you know sell everything they own they go into debt they whatever and a lot rides on it and you know pie in the sky yeah you'd like to make all that money back but like it's for the love of the project so yeah, 75k absolutely. is what's going to get you that project exactly exactly you know and like again 75k that was kind of like a really proven number because to a lot of people you know that's expensive that is expensive i mean like for any individual especially 75k is a lot of money but again you know you have to consider like we have three people working like full time right and then we have a few other folks that work with us who are kind of doing it with more you know uh you know uh part time and you have to consider that 75k for three people for a year plus taxes that plus math don't work out it's nothing it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work you know yeah so but like a lot of it also comes down to like number one again like that's an attainable goal but also like i'm, I'm going to be really damn blunt a lot of the publishers that said no to us said no mm-hmm. to me when they saw that we hit 75k in three days my emails were just hey yeah uh, remember me that said was, that rejected you not too long ago yeah and it's kind of you know it's kind of like your ex-girlfriend hitting you up yeah like, oh, she got I a see. haircut yeah yeah you know which, <laughs> I mean, so i have had that happen but um but you know it's it's this is all to say like for my purposes i'm never going to work with a publisher like for an indie project, you know, unless I get like a really good deal. It's just, I'm, I'm not going to get too into that unless that's somewhere that we actually go, but just, you know, I feel very strongly about like our own IP. So, but the interesting thing is like, if you're talking to investors or publishers, a lot of the time they don't really want to invest into something that doesn't fit the mold, which Antoblast does not fit any mold. There's really not another game that plays like that or looks like that or anything. It's just kind of like the weird, bowl cut kid um <laughs> but like it's really interesting because if i conversations with people who would provide external funding become a lot easier when you have hey there's already a lot of interest people have already ponied up over a hundred thousand dollars into this thing you know because then that says to them oh this is safe this is a safe bet imagine with our oomph behind it what it can do like yeah yeah. it becomes it becomes a pissing yeah it becomes a pissing contest like yeah like like, if you're if you're selling copies of your game a year in advance on a on a very very niche platform like kickstarter you know there there are millions of people who play games who have no idea what a kickstarter is yeah and you're you've sold a hundred thousand dollars worth you know of your game so like I could see where that would be attractive to a, to a publisher, but it's almost like kind of being a little bit lazy. Like, no, for sure. For sure. Because they want to, they want their model. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They want their model, you know? And again, like, if you look at like numbers, you know, you can usually uh, gain, you can usually get a good idea of first days, uh, first week sales from pre-orders. And that's somewhere around, I think the number was like four to six times the amount of pre-orders. So I think we have somewhere around 2,300 pledges to Anton Blast currently. So if you are selling 
beyond the pre-orders on top of that uh, let's say let's just make it nice and simple and say 25 5000 75 10000 just low end 10000 copies first week at let's say 15 20 dollars well you've already made whatever money you sunk into that thing back you know that is really good for an indie platformer so of course that's attractive for an investor right. but you know even if you point to hey we already had a successful game on steam and switch they don't really care about that unless you have like big numbers to back that up right it's just there's there's so, like a there's like a threshold that you need to hit in order for your studio and your team to become synonymous with success exactly like like when you say shovel knight like yeah people think shovel knight but they know yacht club now exactly like they didn't exactly. really know yacht club until shovel knight became what it what we know it is now no not even like with the way forward Cloud. Oh, yeah. yeah especially yeah. way forward yeah. yeah yeah they really like they had that way forward cloud but that didn't really do anything for them right you know well speaking of doing things for somebody andy <laughs> it's time for it's time for rapid fire it's time for us oh man i have so much more shit i want to, to ask, get, ask yeah, him about we, the game but listen, we'll do we'll do we do a round two we'll do a round we'll do a, two a close to release interview. yeah there you go there you go or uh, uh, there's gonna be a lot more stories before? a sit down <laughs> I, I, I I definitely don't like the word interview. A so chat we, a chat session, a, I, I a like round a table, a triangle table, a, a, a tete a tete. <laughs> well, we, well, we'll um, we'll, we'll call it like a, a like campfire, a kumbaya. Ooh, Ooh. yes, 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 a, a fireside yeah. chat. Developer, yes, like developer kumbaya. All right, Tony, this is where we're gonna get to know you, but you know, okay. people could get to know us very intimately if they support us at patreon.com slash nds podcast just like our patreon producers colton the apprentice nestler and fnh paul oh i'm sorry we're not at nds podcast anymore we're at dual screens so it's patreon.com slash dual screens we did change it and i've got to be honest andy was it a pain in the ass i changed it like <laughs> eight months ago and completely forgot that i changed it the folks have been maybe trying to give us money and they weren't able to well the link still worked <laughs> kind of um it would be like hey did you mean Fantastic. this and you'd be like yeah so totally. eventually they got there <laughs> totally but totally screwed that up but yes it's patreon.com slash dual screens um you get to know us in a very intimate level how intimate andy Ooh. well they get to go in our discord with just us and Ooh. our developer friends and it, and it's and it's a and it's basically pay to win like diablo eternal it's pay to win you pay us and you win that's it. It's as simple as that. That is that is, the, that is really fucking good. Isn't it? Is it? <laughs> yeah. All right, Tony. This is where we're going to get to know you now. Uh, oh, no. We're going to hit you with some hard-hitting questions, but also some softballs. And yeah, yeah. Your, your first softball question is simple. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Depends. That's fair. Andy. Mm. Uh, if you were a cocktail, what cocktail would you be? Oh, you know what? I'm not. I'll I'll put it this way. I used to do Jack and Diet a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, sure. I used to do Jack yeah. and Diet a lot, but then mm -hmm. I, but then I stopped drinking. Good, yeah. good for you. And hence yeah. the game. Just, <laughs> yes. This is, how I, this is how I cope. This is my therapy. This is why I'm red. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right, speaking of cocktail, when you picture a cocktail, meaning a tail that is made out of a cock, what does the cock look like? 
Does it have does it have balls? Is it hairy? Is it circumcised? What is your what does your cocktail look like? Large and feathered. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I like that. It's a good idea. Yeah. And veiny. <laughs> of course. Yeah, nice. Nice. Do you have any useless talents? And if so, can you name one? Yeah. Uh, I am a game developer. <laughs> 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 oh sir uh, um, <laughs> that is all talent you yeah, shut the I, fuck up uh, I I've, I, I, I've heard this game soundtrack all right don't you, <laughs> don't you even try to be like i ain't got no talent <laughs> uh no if i had to answer that seriously i think i don't know if i can't call any talents useless i suppose i think mm. if i think if i find That's if i find answer. if i find that i have any talents and i try to squeeze them into what i do somehow you mm. know um as mild mannered as they might be so you're you're 24 years old yeah so i have to ask you did anybody like you when you were 23 did anybody like me when i was 23 uh you know that's an interesting question because i think when anton blast kind of dropped people seemed to be a lot nicer to me for some reason i can't quite figure out why um, but when I was 23, Anton Ball Deluxe came out because it released actually mm. on my birthday last year. And that wasn't on purpose. But um people were really angry at that game. I can't quite figure out why. Tony. It's so bizarre. I want you to write this down and Google it later. Okay. Nobody likes you when you're 23. Just, just Google <laughs> that. Okay. <laughs> Andy, go ahead, buddy. Oh, let's see. What's 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 a good one? Hmm. <laughs> All right, I haven't asked one in a long time. You're getting dressed, mm, okay? You have, and you've got your socks and your shoes in front. Is of you. Is that it? Well, they're the yeah, oh, sure. Okay, you know, but you're like, in the process you, of yeah. the dressing. The rest okay. of your shit's on. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought All you were right. saying like you just had your socks and shoes on, and that was it. Yeah, that's whoo. Then we got some more interesting yeah. questions to get to. <laughs> Who's got the rest of your clothes is the uh, follow-up question. Um, oh, okay. and, and you're putting your socks and your shoes on. Is it sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe? Sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not yet, mm-hmm. Steve. We'll find one. We'll find mm-hmm. one. We'll one find one of these soci- sociopaths. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we have the FBI on speed dial for when somebody says "sock shoe, uh, sock shoe." Uh, you should have asked me whether I put my pants on one leg at a time. Mm. Yeah, actually, yeah. Is the answer no to that question? No, there are some people that sit on their <laughs> on their ass and like. <laughs> yeah no i get it i get it uh, yeah i still would have given a normal response but it's an interesting question yeah if you could pick a sporting event to go to which sporting event is your go-to as in like if i could go to any sporting event like, in history or no like no, no like a professional game of some kind you know i used to box when i was Ooh, younger holy I shit. To, yeah i don't oh. i don't look like it but yeah, i used do. to actually <laughs> i used to actually be really good at it but um you know, I, I needed to... no 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 I'm, I'm a righty okay but um boxing is like a, is is good but the problem with that is just that it's it can end so quickly mm-hmm. you know um tennis is a great one also um not much of like a football guy really um i like watching it but like just never you really... like the one v one yeah <laughs> you like the mano a mano yeah. yeah you know there's something i think a bit more competitive to that you know um with football you know, I do, I do like football, but I don't follow it in the same way. You know, sure. whereas like like tennis and boxing, like there are guys 
that I that I like. So. Alrighty, I think this might be a fun question because I think you've actually attempted this before. If you were able to develop a game for any IP of your choosing, which IP would that be? Man, you know it's it's really funny they ask that just by just because, as you said, like you've already you've already attempted this. Yeah, so, you've picked uh, some shit. I feel. Yeah, like. <laughs> uh, I'll get into some crazy ones. We mm-hmm. pitched for Earthworm Jim. You know, I was just saying the soundtrack again, Tony. It's yeah. very Earthworm Jim and yeah. some Booger Bed in there too. That yeah. I feel. Yeah. So very. God damn it. God yeah. damn it. Uh, we pitched for Earthworm Jim. We were doing like an HD remake of that, um, mm-hmm. which was running on the same engine that Blast was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just didn't go through, you know, those guys are all great. Like the interplay people are great, right. but it just didn't happen. As far as some of the other people associated with that IP, I won't get into that, but um, please don't. I know who you're talking about. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, no shade, but uh, great, I mean, great, great artist. I got his shit on some of my walls back here, but you know, but yeah, you know, not, well, we I won't dig- get into that. We digress. But, um, yes, and then continue. of course, you know, I, I, I have to give it up to like Warrior Land, right? Like, sure. Oh. You know, I if 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 I can make a Wario Land, then great. I think that's that's kind of like right up there for me. Um, but that's like an obvious answer. Yeah, uh, it, it is. That's I'm looking a, for the the non obvious. Yeah, yeah, it's an obvious answer. Uh, hmm. I think you know what would be a great one, hmm. really, really great one, and this is one that people don't really pay attention to anymore. I don't even know how you do go about doing it. I would love to do Tomba. Oh my God. A, yeah. That. How are you only 24 years old? Like, I don't get it. Like, I'm, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like the most divorced 24 year old. Yeah. Seriously. But, but um, you're channeling you know, some like, you know, yeah. Like, me energy right now with, you, with, these, <laughs> with these selections. I think I, I, <laughs> Tomba. Uh, holy shit. Uh, but yeah, no, Tomba is a really great one. That's yeah. a classic. And that's like a, that's a jet, like a hidden gem. Yeah. You know? So like if, if I could do, cause summon sphere, like our whole deal, we've got like a bunch of stuff like in the oven, you know, Anton blast isn't like the only thing. Um, but like our whole shtick is like old IP, you know, given like the love that maybe it hasn't been given in a while. Um, so Tombo would definitely fit that mold because for me, you know, especially when playing through Anton Blast or like working on that, it informed a lot of the whole Metroidvania. Like, how can you do like a more unorthodox take on that? Mm-hmm. And Tomba had the unfortunate distinction of coming out about 30 years too early. Yeah. Like if that came out now, I think it would be a pretty sizable hit. Especially um, then, the sequel. Part two is a phenomenal fucking part game. Part two is crazy. Yeah, man. that like, game is a revelation. Yeah, Tomba 2. Like the like the whole they shit, did not like, play it safe at all with part two. They were like, no, and fuck that's it. Why they, that's why they went bankrupt. But um, <laughs> um that's why you know if they just made Tomba oh, no. one, but again, no, you know, now I'm sad. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. And my Tombi. Fujiwara san is just an amazingly talented yeah. um designer, also. So you know, I, I hope it gets to come back one day. And then if I had to like pick like a runner up, this doesn't really count because it's not a series that hasn't gotten the love it's deserved. Like it's been very popular these days, but I would love to do a Crash Bandicoot game also. Yeah. Like I think to do one, if, if I got to do any Crash game, I would like to do something that was almost like a Sonic Mania take. 
where it's kind oh, of like, shit. oh yeah 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 like, like kind of remix like of the old a little bit you do a little fresh bit of ideas that, yeah and then you do some new stuff and then you kind of yeah. render it in like okay the ps1 style but like a bit more you yeah know, like, you know yeah, yeah, like yeah. 60 Ooh. fps like because you know a lot of us on the team are crash fans and we know oh, those sick. Get some well. crash ray tracing you know so i would love to do that that's that's honestly that's a bucket list one and that one, I think, is a little bit more doable than some of the others I mentioned. Dude, seriously, first of all, I think with the success of games like Cadence of Hyrule, you could potentially do a Wario land at some point. If this thing so. explodes and takes off, like, Nintendo, come on, we'll do it for you. Just I would us. love to. Anton yeah. in Wario World. <laughs> and I was going to say, like, with, the, um, with, uh, with Tomba, I think Sony owns that IP, if I'm not mistaken, so... That could be a fun pitch. Like, hey, you got this new PS Plus thing going on. This could be a new game on your service. Let us handle it. Here's our, you know, you know I, there's, there's ideas, Tony. I'm an idea man. I listen. You know, I keep making my dreams it, come true. It, it makes it, it makes me feel less crazy when I say this stuff out loud, and then people are like, "Oh, that's a good idea." Oh, yeah. um, but we have, you know, we have some good friends at Sony. You know, they they really it liked is. Anton Blast, actually. Um, Nintendo too, actually. That's the funny right. thing. You know, like we 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 demoed. Uh, Anton Blast to Nintendo and they actually like the feedback I got was straight up like you know when we saw this we thought huh these guys like Wario Land and then you know we played it and oh we were glad to be right about that like you guys really do like Wario Land so you know <laughs> I, I that's another thing it's like when people are snarky and they're like oh Nintendo's gonna take you down it's like no 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 you know they they actually like what we're doing in your corner um, yeah yeah i love it because you're not so. calling it wario land <laughs> and it doesn't exactly. star wario it, it doesn't like there are ways to get around the nintendo hammer <laughs> just don't make the thing that is theirs look look they didn't take down bug fables so i think we're okay indeed well speaking of okay andy it's time for our final question I hate this question yes. more than ever today. More than ever today, <laughs> but it is the okay. most important question. I hate it every week, but I hate it even more so today. I would love to know what it is. <laughs> oh, Mr. Grayson. Oh, oh, Tony. It is a simple question. A baby can answer it. As a matter of fact, the baby has answered it. And a baby's uh, about to answer it. Damn there, right. There, there it is. Um, it's a binary answer. It is this or that. It is column A or column B. There is no, uh, there are no uh, modifications to your answer. Okay. There is no C on the Scantron. Okay. Yeah. So we're thinking of booleans here. Got There's it. no edge of the coin when you flip it. It's just no. two choices. No, yes. it's two choices. Ah, okay. Yeah. I can tell this is going to be a really bad one. It's Russian roulette, but only two chambers or something. Sure. Okay. I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, wor I'm workshopping that. You've one. lost the plot. Yeah, a I little lost, bit with I that one. It's it's, it's rock and, it's rock and paper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and the question is, Andy or Steve? Oh my god. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. I gotta indeed. think about this one because you know it's it, it's kind of like oh you know who do I shoot? which one's the real guy um <laughs> but uh i think i heard, i think i heard less from andy this time so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say andy 
just because I want to hear more from him. So if we do Aww. this again, if we're going to, if we do this again, then I want to hear more of Andy. Right, so so I'll, 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 I'll just sit out that one then. Oh boy. All right, cool. <laughs> well, fuck no, me I, then I, guys, I, fuck I, me. No, I, I, I love you both. That's not what I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm saying like, I want to, I want to get Andy and Steve. I'm like a glass half full guy. You I know, got I don't, it. Like, I don't like to have, I get it. I get it. You know, you've had your fill of me. I see. I, no, 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 no. You, you you've had it, you've my... had your your tall glass of all five foot seven, okay. two hundred and eight pounds, Steve. See, now you're just doing more of what he doesn't want you to do. My pro- my problem, my problem. I'm trying to get us to the end of the show, Andy. That's all I'm trying <laughs> to do. My problem, my problem isn't that I had too much of Steve. My problem is I didn't have enough of Andy. Mm, mm. Indeed, indeed. Well, I always, I have way <laughs> most too folks much don't Andy. feel that way. <laughs> and and ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for joining us on this this week's show. Uh, this has been the Dual Screens podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at Dual underscore Screens. I'm at Batchild27. Andy is at Pants Guy. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash DS podcasts. Excuse me. Uh, what else I say? Oh yeah, twitch.tv slash dual screen streams, youtube.com slash dual screens TV. And our store, you can go to dualscreens.com, read all our all our articles, and of course, visit our shop, dualscreens.com slash shop. Um, Tony, where could everybody find you? Where could everybody find Anton Blast? Give us the give so, us the, 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 the deets. All right, so let's see if my brain works for this stuff. Uh so uh we do most of our postings through Twitter, uh, you know, other social media, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. It's good, but not really so friendly to independent game developers. Sure. So you can find us primarily at at Summitsphere on Twitter. Uh, there's our there's also our website, summitsphere.com, and the Kickstarter page itself, which is antonblast.com. We were smart enough to register that before anyone else. And if big you brain, want big and brain. If, and if, if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's GraysonZ80. Uh, surprisingly, I'm actually a bit more lucid than the Summitsphere Twitter tends to be. Um, Summitsphere Twitter is kind of like insane. <laughs> you know, it, I think I think we kind of, Anton's a bit of a meth head, so we kind of just figured, well, let's let's run the Twitter that way. Went with it, yep. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, it, it seems to work. Um, it's working. But uh, as far as like my Twitter goes, you know, I mostly either signal boost that stuff or we'll actually talk about game design. I'm a pretty open book also. So if you just want to mess with me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I got more information that I ever thought I would about this process. And it was, and and yet yet there's so much more to talk about. It wasn't enough information, I feel. There's so much more to talk about. I cannot wait to get you guys back on again. But listen, good luck with the rest of the campaign. You have about two weeks left. Um, yep. you're, you're kicking ass and I cannot wait to see, uh, you know, you hit more and more stretch goals and get this thing out in, into the world. Thank you so much, Tony, for being on the show with us. We appreciate you so much. You so much. Absolutely. No, for sure, man. For sure. You guys have both been amazing to me and I'm, I would be happy to come back on anytime. Oh, awesome. It, it's happening. Thank you listeners. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Tony. Thank you viewers. And as always, please be excellent to each other. <laughs>